Hello and welcome to You Matter, a Spring Hills podcast that takes you on a reflective journey through the profound messages shared at our church every weekend. I'm your guest host today, Dan Pound, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this weekly exploration of spiritual insights, thought-provoking perspectives, and meaningful conversations. In each Going Deeper episode, we dive headfirst into the heart of the matter, dissecting the wisdom and inspiration from the weekend sermon. I'm joined today by our esteemed pastor and my older brother, Pastor Tom Pound. As we delve into the core messages, we'll uncover layers of understanding, connecting the dots between the scripture and its relevance to our lives today. Whether you attended the service in person or you're tuning in from across the globe, Going Deeper is your platform to relive, reflect, and reignite the impact of the sermon. We're here to provide context, share personal anecdotes, and engage in thoughtful discussions that will enhance your spiritual journey. Thank you for joining us today. Pastor Tom. Yes, Dan. If you had to describe our relationship as brothers in one or two sentences, how might you describe it? I wouldn't even attempt it. It's too too bra- too vast, too big to narrow narrow down to one or two sentences. I would say um, we have a close relationship. Um, I like to claim that I raised you. Um, I've claimed that at multiple times and places, right. uh, and that's not totally true. But you know, somewhat true. There is ten years between us. Um, I can't. I just for podcast listeners alone, I can say, Dan, um, it is my pleasure that I love you am equally like you. I also admire you. Great dad, great husband. Your attitude, your energy, your effectiveness, unparalleled. Well, thank you. In a third born. Yeah, yes. thank you. I, I would say as a younger brother, who mm. is much younger, I would agree in a lot of ways that you raised me and love our parents, of course, and they take the cake from a parent's perspective but have so many memories of times that you would you know, wake me up and we would go run or play basketball or ride bikes or do a Bible study. Or even at times before you were married and moved out, you would wake us up and we would clean, clean the house, do, you know, do things for our parents. And there are lessons upon lessons that I was able to learn from you. I'm not sure, Dan, if this is podcast worthy or not, um, but... I did give you the talk, just for everyone to know. I did. I took it upon myself, uh, 10 years older than Dan, uh, and that was a you know enlightening experience for both of us. I remember that. That was a, a six-hour car trip. It was. Talk. Yes. Yeah, I'll never forget. <laughs> the talk the for, six talk. Hour, for six hours. For sure. Yes, exactly. Fantastic. I think I remember saying, do you want more details? And you said, absolutely not. <laughs> so speaking of the talk, why don't we talk some about the sermon that you preached? This past weekend. Let's talk about it. That was a great transition. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. So why don't you tell us first, was there anything specific that you weren't able to dive into during the sermon that you would like to dig into now? Well, it's interesting that you asked that because there was something that I did say at 11 that I didn't say Saturday or 9. This is That's not uncommon, but, but it was something when I recognized it, I really wished I had said it to other services. We're talking about loving God 
with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And during the worship time, which I just love the worship this past weekend, by the way, during that worship time, I was worshiping God and thinking about the message. And I had that recognition that, you know what, it would be appropriate to say, this is how Jesus loves us. He never asks us to do something he hasn't done himself. He asks us to give up our life. Before that, he gave up his life for us. So it'd be appropriate to understand Jesus loves us with all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, all of his strength. And when I had that thought, it, it hit me pretty deeply, just that feeling of being deeply loved by God. Something else I was going to talk about but didn't in any of the messages was the, the relationship between a verse in Proverbs and a verse in Ecclesiastes. In Proverbs, it, just, it says that we should guard our hearts. It would have gone into the idea of loving God with your all your heart also means guarding your heart, that you don't love something else. You don't allow something else to come above that love that you might have for God. Um, and then the, the verse... The verse in Ecclesiastes that I was going to mention uh, was uh, the verse that says, do not awaken love until it's deeply desired. And so the idea of awakening love, I, I'm fascinated, Dan, by that concept of awakening love. Um, to me, when I think about the concept of awakening love, it means when I focus all my attention on something. For example, great example, by the way, both you and I and Josh Meyer, who often hosts his podcast, are huge Ohio State football fans. Uh, I am currently not reading articles about this upcoming season. Mm -hmm. I'm intentionally not tuning my heart because I'd, I would be awakening love. If I if I got into it, if I thought deeply about the season coming up, um, I'm guarding my I'm not awakening that love. I'm guarding my heart so I'm focused on right now, today, what God's doing, how God's speaking to me and us. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just guarding my heart instead of awakening that love. But at the same time, every single morning, my goal is to awaken my love for God by spending time in his word, by pouring out my heart to God my, in prayer, by tuning into some worship first thing of my day, um, just so I'm awakening that love. And I, I just want, I really, in the sermon, I couldn't get to it, but I, I really would love to have podcast listeners and even get your response to this. I'm, I'm curious what you're thinking, that we have a, the power we through the Holy Spirit, through our own intellect, to guard our hearts, to stop ourselves from having affection for things we know are not good for us, or at least not yet. Um, but we also have the power to awaken love. There, there is, there, love is not mysterious and out there and overpowering, and you can't control what you love. No, you can guard your heart, and you can, two biblical ideas, awaken love. And so those are two things that I didn't get to talk about, but I would have loved, loved to talk about it. When I write my book uh, on this sermon, I'll, I'll be including those in the book. I think that's smart. I, I want to talk a little bit more about what you said when you mentioned that Jesus won't ask us to do something that he hasn't done. And he's <laughs> already loved us and loving us this way, all of his heart, all of his soul all of his mind, all of his strength. That's not uh, anything I've ever heard anyone preach. Mm -hmm. That's not a concept I've ever thought of. But it was you know, instantaneously clear to me that I, I personally couldn't say that I love him back that way mm -hmm. at all times. And so my question for you, Pastor Tom, is when someone comes to that realization, Jesus loves me like this, but I, don't, I can't truthfully say I love him back the same way. Is that a time where we should ask for forgiveness? It's, it's interesting that you ask that question. And let, let me land on both sides of it. So 
you have four boys, four children. I have three girls. Um, I, I am in full understanding that at a certain point of maturity, my daughters could never love me like I love them. I didn't hold it against them. They shouldn't apologize or ask for my forgiveness. Dad, I can't love you like you love me. Um, but as they grew, as they have grown in the maturity, um, they, they, their love for me has grown. And But they still, even now, at 25, and it's my daughter's middle daughter's birthday. She's 21 today. And then at, at 19, they, they don't have the ability to love me like I can love them because I'm 51. I'm more mature. I have more life experience, and I'm their dad. So, so it's okay to say I can't love Jesus back with the same intensity that he loves me. But I want to be growing. I want to be maturing. And I, and I want to go on. Now, if it makes someone feel good to say to God, God, forgive me that I don't have the love yet for you mm. that I will one day have and that I want to have. I think it is appropriate, though, if you look back at a situation where you allowed yourself to love something more than God. Mm-hmm. You, you you didn't guard your heart. You awakened love for something or someone, and it crept above God. In that case, yeah, you should. You can say, you know, God, I, I apologize. You can say it dramatically, like, I, I allowed this to become an idol. I, I let this thing rise above you. It's an idol in my life. Forgive me. Or you can just say, God, you know, I know you should be my first love. That's a, a concept, you know, that we see in the book of Revelation is that God God should be our first love. He should be the thing that we love first and most. Um, I do think it's helpful to think in terms of, well, what are the priorities of my loves in my life? And one is God. God is first. Two is family. Always family. Family two. Three would be work, ministry, responsibilities, things that God's called you to do. And then last of all, number four is like your own hobbies, you know, your personal interests, what you might do. But when number four becomes number one, for example, and for a lot of us it does, and I'll confess, for me, there's probably been times in my life where number four has become number one, my hobby, my thing, my, what I want to do, um, then it is good to repent and just say, man, I, I, my loves were misordered. I didn't order my loves correctly. God should be first. Does that answer your question? That's a great answer to the question and very insightful. We are definitely going deeper in today's podcast. Absolutely. Now, you already talked about guarding your heart, which was kind of a concept that you weren't able to fully dive into during the sermon. Speaking of the heart, you mentioned in the sermon that the mind and the heart are linked. Sometimes I find in my own life that they aren't linked or they don't feel linked. For instance, my heart may be leading me to spending some time in prayer or study, but my mind is telling me I need to focus on the to-do list for the day. Sure. Or perhaps my mind is telling me I need to connect with my wife. Let's have a meal together. Let's have some coffee together. But my heart is telling me it is time to connect with the Buckeyes. (laughs) I do need to search out some football. So... In this scenario, how do I get my mind and my heart to link up? Okay, so this is really a great question. I really appreciate you asking it. And, and it also dives into something I was hoping to get to on this podcast as well, which is um, I talked about we're on the topic of the heart right now, and I will answer your question, I promise. Let me go a little bigger with it first, then I'll, then I'll tune into it. Um, I did say in the sermon that I think the mind is, is, a, is a really important thing. Loving God with your mind is an important way to understand your heart. So what I would say is when you think about your emotions, you think about the emotions that you have, the feelings that are there, it's good to think about a, a train. Um, there's an engine to the train, there's, a, there's a, a, a passenger car, you know, and then there's maybe a caboose. I would, I would say to you, the emotions that you're feeling are that caboose of that locomotive. And the, and the engine is your thoughts. 
that you, you, your thoughts, your feelings will always trail your thoughts. That you're, as you take control of what you're thinking about, as you awaken the right loves by focusing on the right things, eventually the, those emotions are going to be trailing along behind. Um, the thing to do is to say, you know, really, this is a biblical concept in, in Colossians chapter 3. It says, set your mind on things above. And then later it says, set your heart on things above. I don't know that you can set your heart unless you've already set your mind. As, as your mind focuses on those things, thinks about those things, uh, your mind is really focused, your thoughts are focused, then the emotions will trail along behind. I, I said in the sermon, um, your love should be emotional. You should feel it. Um, and then I was careful to say, your emotions don't lead. You're, 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 you have the foundation of faith in Christ, and then the emotions follow. But, but if you're living an unemotional faith, the way to change that is to change how you're thinking about faith, to think more about just the majesty of God, the beauty of Christ and what he's done for you and, and, and begin to see the gospel in everyday life and how, how you know, God gave up his son for us, who died for us, who loved us, who, who rose again and how we're called in that same way um, to, to give up our lives. And, and just as you fix your mind, as you fix your thoughts you're going to find that your heart will follow. But if someone puts their emotions first and they say, no, it's more, it's more about how I feel, then, then your whole life kind of morphs into this mess where your feelings, which are changing all the time, which are not reliable, um, and your feelings are morphing and changing. It's, re- it's really in my mind about saying, it's, it's my, mind, my thoughts. I'm going to set my thoughts in my mind. So for you, in the question you asked, how do you align your heart and your mind? You have to see first. I, I just Really the key is to focus my thoughts as I focus my thoughts in prayer and on the priorities and on the goals and on what God's calling me to and what I know is right, your heart will eventually come into line. Your heart is going to eventually follow. You said, what if I know in my mind I need to connect with my wife? Why wouldn't you? You have a great wife. Um, but my heart is saying, hey, research the Buckeyes. Then, then you do that right thing. You sit down with your wife. And I would say within five to 10 minutes, man, your heart's going to be right there too. And you're going to even recognize, you're going to even recognize, I, I could have done something lesser, but I've done something greater. Mm. You know, that was actually in one of the quotes that I read uh, in the sermon. Let me read it again to you, and I want, I want you to respond to it if you don't mind. Sure. Um, and Dan, you are hosting, but we'd like your thoughts. you got great thoughts on stuff. Oh, you know how I like to share my thoughts. I do know how you like to talk, yes, uh, and you're great at it too. Um, this is a quote I shared by George Mueller. Being full transparency, I love George Mueller, and I love this quote. Here's what he says. The less we read the Word of God— the less we desire to read it. The less we pray, the less we desire to pray. The more we seek God, the more we desire to seek after him. We must not surrender to weak desires, but press on to desire God. So I'm curious for you, let's respond first to the first part of the quote. Do you agree with that? Do you agree the more you read the word of God, the more you want to, the more you pray, the more you want to pray? What do you think about that? I do agree with that 100%. I think that I can see in my in my own life, not only is that true of scripture and studying, also prayer and worship. Uh, for me, it, it's true of any kind of activity, mm-hmm. which I think also kind of brings in the back half of his quote, uh, where he talks about lesser desires, which really is com- brings it full circle, right? At probably our human nature, or at least our American nature, is out of sight, out of mind. Mm. We are focused on the things that we're focused on. And I know many times as a, as a child, as a student, you know, as a young boy growing up, I loved watching karate movies, right? And then I would become the ninja 
after the movie. I was focused on that concept. And then that was all I wanted to do. And I wanted to learn about it and research it and think about it and study it. And what's unique about our design, in my opinion, is that God is calling to us. And we are, whether we recognize it or not, longing for connection with him. Mm. And so the first part of that quote brings full circle that, that longing where finally, as we start to read and study the Bible, as we spend time in prayer, and again, for me specifically, that longing starts to grow, but also be answered. And there, there's a completion, there's a connection that comes into place. And then you do want more of that. So I definitely agree with the quote, and I love the warning at the end mm-hmm. because it, it is so true of, of any kind of activity that we can get involved in. Let me read that again. The, the ending says, We must not surrender to weak desires, but press on to desire God. I think it's good to see that in terms of weak desires. These are desires that I have, things that I might want to do. I'm feeling it. That's my emotions, but I can't surrender to the weaker, lesser desire. I've got to really press on to desire the right things in my life as well. Uh, I think this podcast is going great so far, man. What do you think? Yeah, definitely going great. Let let me uh, move us to the other quote that you had. If that's please, okay with you. please do. Would so you like- um, let's definitely times in my life where I know this was true for me. Maybe there's people that are listening um, that they feel like it would be true for them. So this was an Ellen Davis quote. Um, if someone or my or my, at times myself is struggling with those weaker desires, if they're taking precedent, right? And we're really, even though we know the truth, we're putting too much of a focus on the weaker desires. Ellen Davis said, disciplined effort gradually becomes genuine desire. No, delight. When you preached that, mm-hmm. it reminded me of uh, a Bible study that, that you led that I was in when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And you gave an analogy of exercise or working out. Mm-hmm. And you s- explained, you know, working out is beneficial for so many reasons, but some even if you enjoy it, sometimes you don't want to go work out. But if you follow the initial warm-up practices that it takes, then you're going to get into the mood to work out. And I was so confused. And then you went on to say, you put on your workout clothes, you put on your workout socks, and then your shoes. And by the time you're lacing up your shoes and you've made up your mind, you're going to the gym, there starts to become a small transformation. And I've thought about that many times in my life. I'm 41. So of course, you know, it's been um, two decades, you know, since I heard you say that. How would you describe in your own life what is it that you do in those warm-up moments to your prayer time to your study time to to any intimate time that you might spend with the lord what does that warm-up look like and would you say that that's what you're doing disciplined effort that gradually turns into genuine delight so so thanks for you know, bringing that back up because I think it's it's such a great part of understanding disciplined effort. Um, and for a lot of people, they struggle with that. They're just like, I'm, I don't have self-control. I don't have self-discipline. If I had it, it'd be great. I could change my life, but I don't yeah, have it. So, so really, I think it's great to think about segmenting out the process of self-discipline. And so if working out is the example or if prayer in the morning is the example um, or um, 
we talk about this occasionally on the podcast. You know, I'm I'm in school right now, getting my doctorate, and mm. um, so in all three of those activities, for me, when, when I'm writing a paper that I don't really want to write, then I think about like just get the first sentence, write the first sentence down, and then you're going to be going. Or for working out, yeah, just put on your workout clothes, put on your workout clothes, and stretch out. Um, I love stretching out; it makes my muscles feel good. It's slow and easy. I have actually said to myself, not lately, not in the last few years, but I've said to myself, like, just warm out and just warm up and see how you feel. Just stretch out and see how you feel. And every time I do that, I go, I go work out like I'm supposed to. Um, for me in the morning, um, the first thing I have to do is put my feet on the ground. You know, I'm pretty public about the idea that I, I pray from six to seven a.m. Mm-hmm. Let me let me give some. I'll just confess something. Um, that's an hour of prayer. Um, I at one time I was praying from five to seven. Two hours of prayer, five a.m. Yeah, five a.m. Wow. to seven a.m. Um, I couldn't; it didn't work for me. But two hours of prayer was awesome. Two hours of prayer for me is better than one hour of prayer. Um, but I really had to hone it in to say, you know what? One hour is gonna it's gonna work. It's gonna be enough to get, really get my day started the right way. Um, and I can do six a lot better than I can do five. Yeah. Um, but to get up at six, you know, I want to be awake at five thirty. And the first thing I do is put my feet on the floor. That's what I think. It's just the same exact principle. Um, I'm tired. I want to stay in bed, maybe occasionally. And I'm like, you know what you got to do, Tom? Put your feet in the floor. That's it. Right. Um, I lay out clothes beside my bed I'm going to put on. Boom, I put the clothes on. Um, not my clothes for the day, just comfortable clothes sure. to, uh, you know, to for that prayer time. And then I think, open your prayer journal. Well, I think make coffee. You know, confessions, people, coffee's important in that case. Uh, make coffee, sit down, open your journal, write the first sentence. Write the first thing. And I do it. And then before I know it, I am absorbed in the stronger desire, in this case, to uh, to work out, the stronger desire to pray, to press into God, the stronger desire to write that paper, whatever it might be. And, and it's just really about getting started. Get started. Just start doing it. And then before you know it, you're going to find, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, my desires have aligned with it. Now, to be very transparent, um, or, you know, I'll just use another analogy. I, I say changing your life um, there's a quote by Francis Chan, and Francis, Francis Chan says, um, changing your life is like going up a down escalator. So, so what he means is the escalator is coming down, but you're like running against the grain, you know, to do it. Mm. And I, I only think he's right in the sense of when you begin to change your life, it does feel that way. When you begin to change your life, it's like you're going up a down escalator. But then when you keep going within a month, maybe, or less, it's like you're walking straight. You're, walk, you're walking on the, there's not resistance. You're just doing it. Yeah. But then before you know it, maybe two or three months later into it, you're, then, then you're going down the down escalator. That's, that's how honestly I feel in my life right now with so many things that I want to be a part of my life. Uh, I want to be in the word of God and prayer for an hour every single day. That's a critical part of who I am and what I do and how my life works. I want to run. I want to run 30 to 35 miles every single week. It helps me. It helps my thought process. I think about preaching and I, I, th- I stay healthy, you know, and I, and it's something that's really good for me. So, you know, I was on vacation last week. Yeah, 30 miles, done. It's not, it's not even a question mark. Did I pray every day on vacation? Of course I did. It's not even, I'm on a down escalator. I don't have to fight to get the desire. The desire is already there. It's already working. So if somebody's out there listening to this and they're thinking, I'm undisciplined. I don't know how to align my desires. I'm, we're loving God with my with my heart, with my soul, mind, and strength. How do I do that? Um, I think it starts with your mind to say, Okay, what's the stronger desire? What do I really want? I'm thinking, right? And then secondly, how and when would I do it? Um, if I desired to pray an hour a day and I did it at 6 p.m. instead of 6 a.m., it would never work. That structure does not work. That was my mind saying, when can I do it every day the same? Seven days a week, 
every day. Oh, 6 a.m. works. So um, that's it starts with your mind, in my mind. It begins with your mind, how you think, thinking clearly, think, seeing the goals, and then producing small steps. That's your strength. Your strength is the small steps that you envision, putting on your shoes, warming up, like you said, um, choosing to start the activity. Put, you know, that's your strength. That's your that's your that's what you're doing. And then what's going to happen is first your heart will align, and then eventually your desires will align as well. So Jesus said, and we should go with his order, or Moses said it first, actually, um, heart, soul, mind, strength. I'm not sure why Moses said it in that way. Perhaps the Holy Spirit just inspired him, and when he wrote that verse in Deuteronomy 4 and 5, that's what came out. Um, If I was saying it today, I would probably say, love God with your mind, your strength, which is your actions, your heart, and then last of all, trailing behind all that Mm -hmm. is going to come your desire for the right thing. That's how I would order those those four things in that way. Uh, give me your thoughts, Dan. What are you thinking? So I feel like I hear you saying two things. Okay. One, and in my experience as a, as a Christian and as a leader, I would say that I've, I see this happen often. But number one, I feel like what you're saying is as you're establishing, as a person is establishing those disciplines, mm-hmm. it's okay to make mistakes. Absolutely. It's, it's okay to try different things. You tried 5 to 7 a.m. and you, for a prayer time, and you loved two hours of prayer time, but the 5 to 7 time frame wasn't the best, most perfect fit for you. Right. And now you've landed on 6 to 7, and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It works great with your schedule. It works great with what you need. Right. And so it's okay to make mistakes as someone's trying to establish that. Yes. Number two, I feel like I hear you saying momentum is available and crucial. We already talked about Ohio State, right? We talked about football. We love watching football games together. You know, anyone that watches college football especially knows what momentum mm-hmm. can do for a team. And and you're talking about how momentum can impact, you know, not just someone's overall spiritual growth, mm-hmm. but even just in the moment, in the day, and how, you know, developing those habits, being disciplined will build momentum. Give me your thoughts on what that word momentum means to you. Well, it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, Momentum is exactly what I'm talking about. And let's just skew that and circle back on a topic we've already covered just a little bit, weak desires. Um, There is momentum that way too. Mm. There's momentum that way too. There's momentum in I'm doing things I know I shouldn't do, whether they're sinful or whether they're just unproductive. Um, think about the person that the first thing they do, first thing in the morning when they wake up, they grab their phone, they scroll through, scroll through social media. Um, their heart is then captive to the stories they're seeing. They see a cat video and laugh. They read a political divisive comment and they get angry. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already chosen a habit. But you know, when you grab your phone first thing in the morning and scroll through social media, um, it, it, it's just, there's a momentum of that too. That you're going to want to do it. You're going you, that disciplined effort of doing it is going to create that. Like yeah. like Ellen Davis, Ellen Davis says, you're going you're going to want it. You're going to desire it. I, I want to look at my phone. I want to scroll through. Um, I don't have that temptation because I don't do that. Um, but if you're in that negative momentum cycle, that's where that's where you got to go up the down escalator. You've yeah. got to make the hard choices. In that case, you're loving with your strength first. First, first, my mind to see what I need to change. Then my strength is going to be an important thing. Let's talk about the strength that comes from the Holy Spirit, number one, um, and from others that are surrounding you in sure. your life. I think when you need more strength, the, one of the keys is to pray, just to pray. God, give me the strength I need to do the right thing. I have prayed that prayer thousands of times in my life. I have found God so faithful. If I do this, if I stop and I pray for strength and make one good decision, 
I've always found the Holy Spirit to meet me in that moment. Um, it's a great recipe, I think. And then you take the next step and you just keep going. But the, the Spirit is strengthening you in that in that step. Um, and so I think that's a critical part of the whole equation. Pastor Tom, thank you so much for inviting me to be the guest host today. Also, thank you. You have been the best big brother. I mm. cannot think of... Um, a better big brother for me and for what I need, pushing me to my potential, making fun of me when I need to be humbled. The banter that we have back and forth, you know, here at church, uh, it's fantastic. I love you and thank you for having me here today. I love you too, Dan. It's We have a great relationship. I love it. Um, and uh, thanks for hosting today. You are great. great. Thank you. I'd also like to say thank you so much to our listeners for joining us on today's Going Deeper episode. If you are interested in submitting questions for our pastors to answer and you are a member of our church, please feel free to email joshm at springhillschurch.org. Again, thank you so much for joining today's episode. And please remember that more important than anything else, you are welcome here, you are loved, and you matter. Why don't you pray for us to close? Father God, we thank you for this time just to go deeper on the topic of loving you, God, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving others, God, in that same way too, with the completeness, with all four of those components of who we are, our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. God, meet us in our weakness to lead us to the stronger desires to desire you. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done in our lives. Give us strength for today, to follow you. In your name we pray. Amen.